I am your host, Canary T. Robots. We have a special guest on for uh, this uh, this episode. Nix, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hello. Um, my name is Mason. I run Nix Fears, the uh, YouTube channel. Um, I, I make movies. I talk about movies and just kind of general pop culture stuff. Uh, what else is there to cover? I don't know. I guess that's that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, that covers the general basis of it. Yeah. Um, what got you uh, originally interested in starting a YouTube channel? Um, well, you know, it it just seemed like a platform that was like, oh, well, if I can do this, then you know, I'd probably uh, I'd probably be able to do a lot of a lot of stuff creatively if I could figure out a way to do this in any sort of way that would be popular. So, uh, it seemed like a platform that a lot of people were on and just something kind of doable. Like I, I felt like a realistic kind of goal to take on, uh, to try and, and do YouTube over doing something like, you know, more traditional means like making a film and putting it in a festival is like, it's a big gamble. It's hard to do and it costs a lot of money, but you do YouTube stuff, you grow an audience, and then you make your own stuff and release it, then you have a better chance of actually getting out to a lot of people. Now, uh, what made you decide that you wanted to discuss movies on uh, your YouTube channel? Oh, I mean, that that kind of goes back uh, to just the way I grew up and, and the stuff that I was interested in. I've always been interested in movies, and my... I've always been the kind of person that, like, I want to talk about a movie for two hours. I want to talk about a movie forever. Like, I don't want to just be like, yeah, it was fine. It was good. And usually, like, in my experience, when I go out and, uh, you know, I go see a movie with somebody, usually we'll talk about it for, like, five minutes and that'll be that. But YouTube is kind of my place. It became my place where I can talk about it for however long I want and I can be as in-depth as I want and people will, will listen to me. Um, so I guess it kind of stemmed from that, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, that does make sense. Um, now, there are many movie reviewers out there with YouTube channels. Uh, how, but how are you able to distinguish yourself from, like, the other ones? Or were you, did you figure that out early on? Or um, Well, I mean, I figured out pretty early on that uh, that comedy was the means by which people are willing to listen to ideas. Uh, so of course, like I, I always try to work within these bigger ideas of things that I want to talk about, but I try to do it in comedic means. Um, and, and when I started doing YouTube and, and movie reviews and stuff, it was kind of oversaturated with the kind of, um, I, I, feel like I want to call it reactionary film reviews, which is basically like 
persons watching a movie that people say is is really bad or something. And then uh, it cuts to them reacting to it, like, shocked, you know, or horrified, instead of them, like, engaging it, like, really talking about the the thing that happens. They just are like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Uh, so my my goal was, like, I think there's more humor to be found in actually engaging the movie if it's if it is that insane like if it is just like really off the wall bizarro stuff then instead of being shocked by it you know let's talk about it and by talking about it i think that the the virtue of of understanding it makes it funnier than not understanding it if that makes sense so that was something i kind of uh I was kind of interested in, in trying, and I think that that's mostly worked out. Uh, it's kind of, um, I mean, my channel's gone in, in a lot of, like, tangential paths where I'm like, oh, this is my style now, and then this is my style now, and then this is... But I, I think I've finally kind of gotten to a place after a few different tries where, where I feel pretty confident in the way that I do things now, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm probably going to stick with this, but that is mostly geared in that same sort of principle that I started with, of just engaging the topic and that being the thing that uh, both makes the conversation meaningful and also pretty funny, I think. So that's uh, that's sort of my direction now. Yeah. Yeah, and I get what you mean because I, I mean, I'm a huge movie buff too, and um, I was always that person. It's like, no, I want to go into depth about all these movies that I just saw. And just geek out about them. So, and then when you watch your show, it's like um, it's like you're having a conversation with someone. Or basically, it you the way you talk about movies is the way like a movie geek would talk about movies, which is actually uh, a nice, refreshing thing. It does feel like you're having a conversation with someone about movies. Yeah, um, the the conversational tone is is something that that's taken a long time to to really get. Uh, like, I'm gonna call master, even though I don't feel like I've really mastered it, but it's taken a long time to get to that point where you can generally feel like you're having a conversation. Um, but, but that is a, a big portion of it because I, I feel like I speak from authority in the sense that, like, I've, I've gone to film school, I've read a whole bunch of stuff on film, and I've made my own stuff, and I've worked on stuff that wasn't very good, and I've worked on stuff that was super good, and I've worked on professional sets, and all this stuff. So I have a lot of information, but I don't want to come at it with this position of, like, authority, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I'm not the... I don't know everything, or I don't want to pretend that I do, but I do know a lot, and I can throw in information when I I feel like there's something I know, and I can actually deliver in a helpful way. Like, if I'm going to deliver any of my know-how, it's going to be in to the affectation of helping people. So uh, if if that isn't really the the basis of it, I, I've got to keep a conversational tone to keep people on board, so they don't feel like somebody's like talking down to them with information, you know. Um, now another thing is you say movies in general, uh, but a lot of the viewers have associated you with more horror movies. Uh, do you consider yourself a more um, horror movie reviewer, or? Uh, you know, I think I think that I I've gotten to a place where, in my brain, I think I can do 
just about anything involving pop culture. Like if I wanted to make a video about like some band I like, some music, some random something, some book I like, I could probably do that, and it would probably be fine. And it would pro- my audience would totally get it, and that would be fine. But um, I've I have a, a distinct interest in in the horror movie kind of uh, medium, the genre, uh, and I feel like I do know an awful lot about that genre. So I do have a tendency to stick stick with that. Also, I think just on the whole, a lot of the like weirdest stuff that gets made is in the horror genre. So it's just like endless opportunities to talk about really weird stuff um, and really kind of creative stuff too. Uh, so I kind of stick with that genre just based on the fact that like I do have an aesthetic interest in it, but also... It, it has a tendency to uh, provide me with the most topics of conversation, I think. Okay. Um, and you have an audience. Actually, it has grown quite a bit. Um, have you found ways like, to market it to different people, or was it just word of mouth? Um, it was word of mouth pretty much. I mean, I, I don't think I, I mean, I've had opportunities present themselves, like collaborate with this YouTuber, that'll help you. And, and, and it has, uh, and then like making friends with a lot of the horror community, cause they, they seem to like me, uh, on YouTube. Um, that helped a lot because then it was like friends helping me grow and, uh, collaboration type work has helped, um, tremendously. But uh, I also got an opportunity to be part of like this ongoing series that somebody else was doing uh, with a whole bunch of different YouTubers. And I felt like I made a really interesting um, choice. To, that's I, I did a book for that one and everybody else was talking about movies. So I kind of stood out from that and, and that helped me grow. But I've grown really fast, mostly because it seems like all these um, relationships that I've made are kind of starting to compound. And uh, now whenever I put anything out, it's like this big sort of thing. Uh, when used to be, I'd put a video out and no one would see it and I'd have to promote it forever. But now it's, it pretty much just like grows on its own when I put something out. Um, so that, that's sort of where I'm at now. That's quite amazing. And then also I've <laughs> noticed like from your first video, to um your current one it has uh i mean the format's changed and actually the quality has become better um i can tell you've added more editing in um uh you add more effects how did you learn these techniques um well uh so a lot of times i would say that i learned from my peers so it's just whoever else is around uh, that I'm watching, I'm seeing stuff that they're doing and I'm like, oh yeah, I never thought I could really kind of communicate things in that sort of way. Uh, so I try to do something kind of new and interesting with, with something like the editing or whatever. And then, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm very quality minded and I'm very aesthetically minded. You know, I like to, uh, I like to change up my, my videos as far as like making them, I don't know, feel better. Uh, they, they are more exciting to watch when there's more going on and there's like more intricate stuff. I, I think that the writing of my videos has also been instrumental to the editing because like now I can write in mind with like 
what I'm going to be doing in the edit. So I can be like, okay, this is going to be some really crazy editing sequence right here. And this is what I'm going to do here. And it just kind of helps me, um, helps me move it along. But, uh, I, I also find that videos typically get more, um, staying power when they're really intricate. Mm -hmm. So you put something out and it's got a lot of like zany editing. Well, people want to watch that or it's got, you know, some really, some really gnarly cinematography. Okay. People want to watch that. Uh, but if it's, you know, typically if it's just like sitting around talking, you're pretty much based only on the content of what you're saying as being the staying power. Like if people really want to hear you talk, uh, just completely off the cuff, then like, that's why people go to watch it. But as far as like actually seeing like some active comedy video that they really enjoy going back into, um, you know, the more you do kind of the better, uh, it seems, but. Okay. Uh, what kind of, um, equipment do you use to make your videos? Like, uh, uh, what camera do you use or what editing system do you use? Okay. Uh, I shoot on a, Blackmagic 2.5K cinema camera, a Blackmagic pocket cinema camera. I use uh, exclusively Rokinon lenses. Uh, I'm a big fan of that company and, and their lenses. Um, and then I edit on Final Cut Pro X, and, but I'm also pretty well-versed in After Effects and Premiere, uh, but I only hop over there if I really need to. Usually I just stick native to Final Cut Pro X. Uh, is there anything else, really? Uh yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much the majority of what I use. <laughs> yeah, um, I know with like the major movie studios, those are the two main ones you need to know when, like, yeah. uh, if you want to become an editor. Yeah, the the third is Avid, but um, yeah, that too. Yeah, that's a that that's a really hard program to learn without any help, and it's also extremely expensive, so it's kind of hard to get get on the Avid train. But, yeah. It's funny, when I went to film school, that was what they taught me on. Oh, really? Yeah. I was surprised. Oh, wow. I, I was surprised, too. Well, it was a... I went to USC for film school, so... Whoa, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I went to just... Um, uh, I, I didn't learn how to um, uh, do filmmaking as much as I did uh, basically studying it. Film studies and... Some post-production work then? Exactly. Or, okay, yeah. I know there's like two halves of that school. Like there's the production side and then there's the film studies side. Mm -hmm. I, I took more of the film studies side. Okay. Because uh, uh, I, uh, unlike you, who actually can do well on a film set, I am, uh, I don't feel as comfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Which is, which is funny because uh, I love, uh, I love the, I used to do background work too, and um, I love like being on a film set is pretty awesome. But it there's uh, I'd rather do the more I was more interested in the more uh, beginning parts like okay. uh, development yeah. and such. Okay, yeah, development is is where all the film studies like people come together to help. Um, and then the production team is kind of like a blue collar, like you get a bunch of plumbers in there. It's pretty much kind of what happens. <laughs> it's, it's weird, um, how it all kind of, how it all kind of works. But yeah, that's interesting. Um, 
I kind of had the uh, advantage of of getting a little bit of both production and and film studies in my uh, film school kind of career or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of have a little bit of both, but a lot of the stuff is like you got to search it out yourself. I, I know the film production side on at USC is like really uh, intense. It's like oh. a boot camp. Yeah, it really is. I I, I yeah. only I took a film production class there, and it was hard. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you sweat a lot, and it, yeah, it's like it's like you're a plumber. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's a joke that. Um, uh, I mean, just to break away for a little bit, uh, there's a joke that uh, all the people in production side uh, smoke all the time because whenever there's a break, they're always has their cigarettes out and they're just smoking and chatting. And I'm, they're like, but you never see the producers do that. Uh, but that's because the producers are all alcoholics because they all go to business meetings where they drink. All oh, the yeah. Time. Yeah, the... Uh... <laughs> The, the actual production people are like stressed out and tired, so they're all smoking, and then the, the production people are, or the, the producers are just depressed and drinking. Exactly. That's pretty accurate to the film production, uh, world. Now, um, uh, I mean, other than your YouTube, you, uh, you also make movies. Um, what, uh, did you, was like your first movie filmmaking experience at school or? Yeah, I, I made a, I made a film for school. It was, it was like, uh, it was a pretty crappy production. It was my first thing I ever did. And it was like 2013 or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I was made to write a script and film it within the course of two weeks. And it had to be about 10 minutes long and I had to cast for it and everything. Uh, I met some okay, uh, some pretty good, uh, cast members on there. Uh, the crew was three people and the, uh, the movie sucked. But, um, I mean, I've made a lot of stuff since then. Now it's kind of like this sort of effortless thing where it's like, okay, now I'm making another movie. All right. What do I got to do? Get all these people together. It makes a bunch of calls. Here's the script. Let's do it. And, it, it feels kind of second nature, but back then it was like the most horrifying thing that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and you make these films yourself or do you, I mean, what I mean is do you like, because there are some people when they film, it's like, oh, I'm the director, producer and... Um, oh, like they hire out crews and stuff? And Or, yeah, and then they just like bring in a couple of friends to like help make it or how does or they or sometimes it's like no I got a group of friends and or I got a group of people and we brought on a huge crew and everything how did it um well I'm I'm a pretty big fan of assigning roles because I think that that makes the whole job just run smoother and be more fair so I work with a producer um his name is Matt and he's great he helps me uh, put my put my production hat on and really see whether or not I'm making something I want to make and also how much that thing is going to cost and how I can go about getting that sort of money. Um, we're a big fan of tiny productions. We, we like really small productions. So, you know, 
less than 10 people on crew, less than five people on cast. Uh, is, is kind of the, the way we like to work. Um, I work with a DP. Uh, she, she shoots on the Sony A7S, but, um, we've, I mean, we could shoot on my camera. It's not like, she also DPs a lot of the stuff on my YouTube channel on my Blackmagic camera. So like, we're pretty well versed in, in the different types of formats we could use and like data storage and stuff. Um, I, I also have a, someone who helps me with production design and costume. Um, but for the most part, I do all the production design for my stuff myself. And that's a big, that's a big thing I focus on color, uh, color theory, you know, what I want sets to look like. And I usually build sets. Uh, the last film I made, we built like something like five sets, um, for, for the whole thing. And so we shot in there like the whole time. Uh, and then uh, I have a sound, uh, a sound engineer that I work with who he does onset sound and then he, um, he does some of the mixing. I do a lot of the design, like the sound design myself, but he helps a lot with the mixing and, uh, and if I gave him, oh, he also scores all my stuff, but, um, if I, if I did want him to, you know, design something, he would and it would be great. Um, but his name is Aaron. So, uh, I work with, five people uh typically it's it's about five people um but i also have other people who i like to have come in and, and work uh on my stuff as well and of course it's, it's kind of like this uh relationship we've kind of built where pretty much if any of us are working on anything we all call each other and figure out who's going to do what and how we're going to make it work um i've i've done cinematography on most of everybody else's film work, um, as well. So it's like I shot my DP's short film. So <laughs> she was directing while I went ahead and shot her thing, which is usually like the flip flop of how it usually goes. But, um, so yeah, uh, I, I have a crew, a pretty, a pretty strict crew and, uh, we don't really hire a lot of crew. Um, but, I have a couple actors that I'm a big fan of working with um, that have been in in my stuff, most recent stuff, and I like writing parts with people in mind so that I can get them back. Um, and this is kind of how I feel. You keep things cheap. Like, you work with the same people. You, uh, you know what your limitations are, and you know how to master your limitations. Use them to your advantage. Um, and that's how, yeah, you keep things cheap. I think my last film costs, like, if we're talking in-kind budgeting, it was about $5,000. Um, if we're talking out of pocket, it was probably around 1200 So, uh, $1,200 out of pocket, five grand for, uh, everything used within the context of the film, including, like, built sets, cameras, uh, any type of gear we used. So, um, that, that is pretty cheap considering the amount that I think we accomplished with the film. And I think a lot of that comes with, um, just knowing my limitations. That, that is quite amazing. I mean, <laughs> that you're like, uh, I mean, I've seen people try to make their own films and you can, I mean, the quality you've made has been um, astounding. 
and the fact that you could do usually when I see that quality in films, it's usually like because a film student or like because it was made through a school and they basically backed it. Um, but then the content isn't as good. Where your like your films, it's like oh, there's actually meaning in it. There's actually depth in it. And now hearing it's like oh no, this was all planned out and all that. It's like oh jeez, there there's more than I thought. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know how I find time to do all of it, to be honest. Like, I, I, I have this weird disassociation thing where, like, I'll be on set and I, I won't even remember the three months that went into getting us on set. It's just like, keep things moving. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, okay, it's made. Next thing. And I never even stopped to consider the fact that, like, I just spent like four months on something. Um, just because, like, I just, I guess, taking it a day at a time or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's gotten so second nature to me. That's that's sort of what I was saying earlier. Like, it's gotten so second nature to me that I don't even consider, like, the actual effort that it that goes into making stuff. Um, it's it's more like you know the personal connection to stuff. Like, you write things that are personal, and you do things that are really um intensely meaningful and then that guides you all the way through the process i, th- I think so now do it's you sort of, also i wanted to know besides youtube do you distribute it elsewhere um well i have a patreon account which is which is helping me fund a lot of the projects that i'm working on um it's uh, it's funding all of them uh so I distribute things digitally through there. So like I sent digital copies out of my film and the four other films that we made uh, last year or this year, I guess still this year. Wow. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I sent out digital copies of those to everybody there. Um, but I, I don't use like something like Amazon instant video or like Vimeo or anything like that. Um, and a lot of those services, I, I don't know. I was looking into them for distribution for um, my last film, but a lot of it was um, it you have to you have to pay to run the service, and it's like you know ten bucks a month or something. It's expecting you to to sell a whole lot of whole lot of stuff, and uh, I don't know to what extent I would actually sell my movies. So I don't really try to sell my stuff unless. Like, I, I feel like if I had a, um, if I had like a feature film or like a, like a mini series or something like that, that I could really sell and exclusively distribute through something like Amazon Instant Video, I would probably invest in doing that. But with like a short film, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to sell a short film because people aren't really willing to pay, you know, a dollar a minute to enjoy your movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, you know, like here, pay five dollars and see my feature film. Versus here, pay five dollars and see my little ten minute thing. So, I just I, I go straight to YouTube and I just encourage people to donate. Um, and as far as like our budgeting, I think the last movie we're a bit in the hole on it. I mean, I didn't make I didn't make a lot of money off the movie. I didn't make anything uh, really. None of us did. Um, but I feel like I, if it were the right thing that I put out and my channel was like a bit bigger or something like that, I could probably make an okay amount of money on a movie if I released it officially. 
Um, but I don't know. That's something that I've been kind of contemplating over the last, you know, few months. But I don't know. That's I I need to speak to like a more experienced local producer or something or online distributor about it. But yeah, that was a little bit of a tangent. But yeah, I don't really distribute my stuff elsewhere. But I would. No, so. That's totally fine. Uh, do you have any goals um, for the future, with the, if not with your uh, YouTube channel, um, just in general? I want to make a movie about a hypnotist. <laughs> oh, I'd watch uh, that so hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's something I've been thinking about. Um, and one of the cast members that we had on the last film, um, which is called Black Mass, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that, but uh, it's called Black Mass. And uh, there's a guy we had play a like a like a satanic cult leader and he was so intense. And when we talked to him, like he was, he was just really intense when he like looked at us and stuff and spoke to us. He has an interesting voice. So we, I was like, Hmm, he should be a hypnotist. <laughs> so I'm going to have to write a movie wherein he's a hypnotist. And like, I, I don't know. I'm also really interested in like cosmic horror, if that makes sense, like really high concept stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like my last film, I just, at some point, I think about halfway through the movie, like reality just kind of snaps in two and like everything just goes nuts. Uh, but that's something that I want, I want to keep trying, but I want to do it a little more, um, literal next time. Like I want to, I want to do something a little less, uh, intentionally formalistly surreal. I want to do something a little more straightforward, but, but still kind of, um, cosmic if that makes sense so i want to do like conceptually something involving a hypnotist does something wherein like some sort of mental break occurs and like they're presented with something that is like confounding like they can't imagine how this particular thing could exist that's kind of what cosmic horror is and, and not really explain how it exists but um but uh, I don't really know yet. It's it's in the back of my mind, but that's that's the next thing I want to direct or write. Um, but as far as like YouTube goes, I mean, I'd like to hit a hundred thousand subscribers by the end of the year. That was my goal. I wanted to hit fifty thousand by the end of the summer, which I I achieved. But um, I wanted, yeah. I, I mean, I'd like to hit a hundred thousand by the end of the year, and then I think if I did that, then I'd be in a really good place to. Um, to live off my work and just do this and try to keep uh, advancing myself forward into making stuff that I'm really proud of. So that's yeah. awesome. Uh, we're actually coming towards the end. Um, do you have any advice uh, for anyone who would like to become a YouTuber or filmmaker? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. First bit of advice is, don't toil on something forever because you will find that you, you will be unsatisfied if you do. So like, um, accept your own failures and accept your own flaws and don't challenge them. Just let them be flaws for a little while. Like you will eventually figure out what to do, but just because you don't know now doesn't mean that like it's always going to be that way. And I think a lot of people, especially on YouTube, they expect that their first thing on YouTube is going to be this big bang, here it is thing. And, you know, I think it was like Spielberg said that like 
you have to fail like a hundred times before you make something good. And so you have to be aware that your first couple videos just generally aren't going to be very good. And the, the, the important thing about those first few videos is you have to learn how to do it. Like you have to learn how, how to, how to make content that people want to watch. And once you do that, you know, that's, um, that's, that changes everything. And then, then you get to that place where you feel like you're doing something that satisfies you. Um, second bit of advice is always, always lead yourself with your empathy. Like, put your understanding first. Like, always put your understanding first. Um, be good to people, you know, understand where people are coming from and make, make things that you feel like if you're, if you're going to criticize someone, make something that you feel like you could sit down with someone who really cares about it and just talk about it with them. Like, don't be hateful or confrontational because it doesn't get you anywhere. It just, like, it just stagnates you um, and leads to a lot of negativity. It breeds more. Um, and then the third thing is get your read on. <laughs> read stuff. You have to read stuff. Like, read Hitchcock Truffaut. Read... Um, there's a book I'm reading right now called Manga in Theory and Practice, which is um, the guy who made uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the manga. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, he wrote a book on writing, and besides it being about manga, it's really just about uh, writing effective things, and read it. Read a, um, there's a book called Screenwriting 101 by Filmcrit Hulk. It is infinitely valuable screenwriting advice but it's also infinitely valuable creative advice just creator advice um you learn so much just by just by learning the process of storytelling that it would blow your mind and it leads you down so many better paths than doing it without knowing these things um so and then there's the other book you should read is called in the blink of an eye by walter murch uh, which is a book about editing, and it it posits that editing is something that happens in the natural world. Like we ourselves edit things uh, without knowing them. Like in our day to day lives, like every time we blink and look at something else, it's basically the equivalency of a new shot in a movie or whatever. And when we look at it that way, then we can see how editing really works on the human psychology, and that leads us to generally editing in a more natural way. Um, so those are the books I would recommend. And I suppose that's that's it. I don't know. I don't think I have any other advice. Maybe I do. I don't know. No. <laughs> that's actually pretty good advice. Uh, okay. um, where can we find you? Uh, I am on, I'm Nick Spears on YouTube. Um, my film is on there as well. I'm also on Twitter at Nick Spears and uh, Facebook. I think I don't use my Facebook as often as anything else, but um, and uh, Patreon at Nick Spears, Patreon as well. Right. That's me. Yay! All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. I actually really enjoyed talking to you about this. Yeah. Same. All right. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.